This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Happy Thursday, everybody. For us, it is November 19th. 2014. This is episode 74 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and sitting across from me is my lovely co-host, who is deeply immersed in thought right now, Brittany Page. Hello. You are not, not into it. Not, 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 not that you're not into the podcast. You're just, your mind is elsewhere because of <laughs> being ensconced in graduate school. Yeah, I've been writing all day. It's so. been it's been me dragging you away from what used to be our dining room table, which is now grad school central. Right, it's covered in a lot of papers right now. And I sent I sent a picture to Chris over at Sounds Like an Earful because he's doing a whole series right now. Sounds Like an Earful is a great podcast if you if you if you haven't checked it out or if you don't know what it is. Sounds like an earful. Anyways, it's uh, the host is a guy named Chris, and he's doing a whole series on the homestead. And this last episode was about k- the kitchen table and dinner. And anyway, I shot it. I sent him a picture of our table, which is completely covered. Like you can barely see that there's a table there, but it's covered in textbooks and stacks of papers and highlights and post-it notes inside of textbooks and your computer and. It's clear that you're in the midst of chaos, so. Yeah, I have one research paper down, and now I need to finish another one. Two papers due tomorrow, so that's great. I do not envy you. Sometimes it's nice being a dumb guy. Mm. I don't never have to worry about that shit, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know what would relieve your stress is you play games like I do Mm. with Facebook like I did last night all night while you were slaving away. Oh, really? Well, what I do is I take screenshots of idiots and their and their statuses and then i message them to friends so we can shit on them about how dumb they are Hmm. it's a very fun very intellectually stimulating game it sounds like it yeah for sure what are some of your favorites well i'm not going to name any any specifics because i don't want to uh I don't want to give myself away because then I'll get unfriended, deleted, and the the game's over because I don't see their statuses anymore. But let's put it this way. If you're someone who complains about your situation in life constantly, stop it because you're probably getting made fun of. If you're a person who, you know these types. Yeah. If, if you're a person who constantly shits on people for trying to look good in their pictures on Facebook, but you're constantly taking multiple selfies at once and posting them at at the same time. Like there's a little collage of like six pictures of the person. What what are they doing? At one time. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I also have people who create their own memes of quotes that they said. Oh, yeah. And then they write their own name at the end of it, like quoting themselves. But it's from their account. Right. That is awesome. And they made the meme, and then they quote themselves, and then they <laughs> post it. 
And it's really weird because you're not Robert Downey Jr. So well, Robert Downey Jr. is not even doing that shit. That's that's I mean, out of control. I mean, you're not cool enough to be quoting yourself, is what I mean. Robert Downey Jr. He he could get away with that. You can't. You're an average person. You love Robert Downey Jr. You're not saying <laughs> profound things. Calm down. I, I have a few of those. Not so much the people who quote themselves. That's that's a league unto themselves that's bizarre but certainly the the whiny oh, i hate life you know i don't know anyway it's a very fun game in fact i've created a couple different messaging groups that a few of friends share in the good times now everyone's going to be afraid to be your facebook friend because they now know how hateful you are i'm not hateful i like fun it's a mm. fun time mm -hmm. and also if you're if you <laughs> if you're practicing these behaviors, if you're taking part in these stupid things, stop doing it, and then there's no worry about me taking pictures of your statuses and sending them on, because I'm not worried about people taking pictures of my statuses. I hope people take pictures of my statuses and forward them to friends, because it's spreading the gospel. Mm. of jesse d there's some narcissism right there <laughs> i'm one step away from quoting myself yeah you are <laughs> all right listen before we move on i do want to on the rundown board Brittany wrote pimp thanksgiving submissions so i guess that's what i will categorize it as i'm pimping wanting you to submit to us your thanksgiving thanks things that you're thankful for this holiday season, this year, whatever, this point in your life, whatever it may be. You don't have to give your name. You don't have to say your name. It just, it just, I'm just looking for voices that are expressing the things for which they are grateful, the things for which they're thankful. And that's it. So either call the voicemail line 657-464-7609 or everybody has a smartphone Use the voice recorder on your phone, record yourself, and email it to idoubtitatdollamore.com. And make it funny and interesting and exciting and cool. Let's not put too much pressure because we're already... The, 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 the round of uh, submissions has been lackluster, not in quality, but in quantity. So I, w I just want everybody to... take. It takes one minute. Do it, send it, you're done. It doesn't have to be awesome. It doesn't have to be profound. You don't have to... I'm going to try to edit this together in some kind of a creative way. I'm kind of a tool in that way, so it probably won't be that great. But, you know, I'm, uh, I'm trying. So I'm going to try to do something. Like I said, don't be nervous. Don't be weirded out about your name being on the show. No one's going to even fucking know it's you because you don't have to say your name. So again, 657-464-7609 or I doubt it at dollamore.com. All just in time, done pimping it, so we can move on to this. So last episode, we talked about a submission from friend of the show, contributor to the show. She's like the honorable contributor to the show. Wouldn't you say that's correct, Brittany? I would. Uh, Allison from Boston, and she posed a question about blackface. And, of course, anything dealing with race is sensitive. And we have had listeners write in chastising me 
for having any opinion on matters of race solely for the fact that I'm white and angrily chastised me. Well, I am one of those guys who <laughs> some of my best friends are black. <laughs> and today we are joined by one of those aforementioned friends, Austin from Boise, Idaho. How are you doing, Austin? Doing all right, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. What's up? <laughs> so I wanted to enlist your opinion because I think that's, that the woman who did shit on me about uh, giving advice about racist comments in class that time, um, I think right. she has. there is some validity to that because I haven't – I don't live – knowing the black experience right um and i want to i think i said on last the last episode that i probably have 50 black friends and i'm not sure if that's a good thing did you go count them after you said that i didn't facebook doesn't have they don't have a a functionality to sort your friends by race that is something that needs to be fixed yeah fucking zuckerberg needs to get on that because that would be very helpful for me (laughs) totally um yeah, it's it's always a sensitive thing. I mean, it, just like any other issue, though, um, it it needs to be dealt with with some level of sensitivity, or at least recognition that it could be a potential cause for concern or t- taken personally in that way. Um, you know, just like I, I have been fortunate enough not to be a, a rape victim or you know experience things like that. Um, I, I think that it, it goes. It's kind of in that vein. Yeah, absolutely. As far as sensitivity. Um, and people definitely do take it more seriously than others. And um, I think there's a sliding scale that goes along with it. So what were your I, – I, I'm assuming – I assume that you listened to uh, my ramblings on last episode related to the blackface topic. And one of the things I don't think we touched on enough was her – her concern about like that Juliana Huff going as her favorite character from Orange is the New Black, Crazy Eyes or whatever the fuck her name is, right. where she put her hair in the little the little ponytails all over her head, whatever the fuck that's called, and and then put like the black face on. So she wasn't doing it to mock black people. She was going right. as her favorite character who happened right. to and be I, black. I think that that spells out the major difference between the two or, you know, there, there's no definitive line for sure. It's it's all gray area, and so is life. But, um, you know, it, it's emulation. You know, it's it's. I, I think it's kind of a, a cheers to her favorite character, and I, I think that's to an extent. I, I do believe that's probably okay, and it's not necessarily necessarily racist. Um, but it just depends on the context. You know, you you mentioned some movies like uh, Tropic Thunder and White Chicks. And those are two very contrasting, you know, examples of blackface or whiteface. Um, but I don't think that, you know, this actress going as her favorite comedian is on par with, you know, I would say white chicks or if you want, want to go a step further, um, Breakfast at Tiffany's where they portray the Japanese landlord in that movie. Right, right. And I mean, that's that's just, that's straight up mockery. Yeah. You're, you're, you're taking somebody's attributes that they have no control over or you know stereotyping them in such a blatant and profound way that it's unavoidable to come away from that with anything but 
some ill feelings about the, the behavior. Well, that's, that's a good contrast to draw, that, that particular Breakfast at Tiffany's thing, because that guy was over the top with the, the, the big teeth and the squinty eyes and the, the, the very oriental type of thing that, you know, back in the 40s and the 50s was, you know, they, they were, but that's also stemming from our fear and hatred of them from World War II. And there's a lot of shit that goes into that. But still, it's, that is not out of respect or, like you said, imitation or, or emulation. You know, that, there's the saying that it's the sincerest form of flattery. That's not that's not imitation. That's or for for or emulation. That is strictly making fun of someone. Right. You know, and I, I think that the, the context. I think you know, Halloween party. I I think that I would be okay with that personally. I think I might be a li- little more on the liberal side of this issue. Um, what, but, what do you mean by on the liberal side? Because I know I, politically, I, you're you're you and I are diametrically opposed politically. You, yeah, I'm yeah, far I, more conservative than you are. But so, do you mean like in that sense, or like you'd give her more leeway? Yes, absolutely. I, I would definitely say there's more more room for forgiveness. You know, it's it, on that side. Um, just because of the, the nature of the event, if, you know, it was a costume party or what, whatever the Halloween thing was. Um, you know, it's not like she's showing up to a White House function going in blackface as Obama. I think that that would be a little inappropriate. Well, what I find interesting is that there was outrage over Julianne Huff, but then, like you mentioned, Robert Downey Jr., how we talked about Tropic Thunder, and he was praised for his portrayal, I think, right? I didn't hear any controversy over that. So I just, it is it is confusing, like, where the line is about what went, when it's inappropriate and when it's not. Well, that's the thing Austin pointed to, I think, is is very apropos that, Life is in the gray, and there is no line because obviously a line would indicate black and white, and there's a line there, and I don't mean racially black and white, but there's everything's gray. And there, also, I think oftentimes in art, people get a pass, but her Halloween costume isn't fucking art. And right. no. although I don't uh, think it was racist, being the privileged white man that I am, I don't think that she was being racist, but I do think she wasn't using her fucking brain very much because no, it's clearly absolutely. going to be a problem. Agreed. And, you know, I, I think that um, w- with the Tropic Thunder example specifically, um, I, I think that there's one key element of that example that made it a little more acceptable. The movie itself, the way that it was scripted, pointed out the fact that it was racist. Yeah. And they were they were very sensitive to that in a comedic way, which may or may not be okay, but I think it's definitely more acceptable than the Breakfast at Tiffany's example. But... You know, everything can be subjectively offensive. I guess that makes sense, too, because Robert Downey Jr.'s character was like a douche. They, everyone right. unanimous, well, unanimously uh, felt he was a douchebag. The Al Pacino. Al, was it Al, Al Cappuccino? What was that guy's name? Oh, I don't remember. Alpa, it was Al Pacino. Yeah, that's what it was. He, they battled back. The real black guy and the fake black guy didn't get along. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. I thought the movie was hilarious, but again, white privilege fucking guy. Of course, I think it's funny. And Robert Jenner Jr. can do no wrong, especially in Britney's eyes. Yes. <laughs> so, he is uh, a gorgeous man. He, he is, is a gorgeous He's beautiful. Man. Yeah. 
just gets better with age. <laughs> God damn. Do you want to talk about him for 15 minutes? Because I can. <laughs> Brittany is salivating right now. <laughs> um, another example that I, I thought that would go along with this too, though, is if we're looking historically, if you look at uh, Shakespearean theater, at, at the time that Shakespeare was writing his works, it wasn't acceptable, acceptable for women to act publicly. Right. And so... You know, you, we could we could say the same thing as you know men dressing in what we would consider now drag to perform women's parts in theater. Is yeah. that offensive? Well, that was certainly the case for the Greeks too. I mean, it was a- absolutely even even doing any kind of art back then was, you know, I, who was it Nero that wanted to act in plays, and it was the people thought that it was unbecoming of the Caesar to. I, I think it was Nero, or maybe Caligula. Who fucking knows? All those weirdos. But I, I don't know. I mean, to your point, I don't know. I think that, um, and I'm not one to look at past cultures and think, right. oh, you can't judge. Don't judge. It's just their culture. You, I don't. I don't fucking get. I don't. You know, I'm not not into that. But you know, fucking different time. Fuck. I don't know. What do you What do you think? I, you know, I, I think you're right. I mean, you can't really do a direct comparison between the two because it's culturally it's completely different. But I, I do think it's just interesting the way that things progress. You know. Men dressing in drag in that form may not be offensive to most people now. You know, I, I think a large number of people would think, you know, play-wise, art-wise, that'd be acceptable. Now, going to a you know costume party dressed in drag, I think that's largely acceptable. Yeah. Um, you know, it. I, I think it, it. It depends. You got shows like South Park making fun of everything on a very brutal scale, but people take huge offense to that or you know people are always going to take huge offense to what is not deemed socially acceptable i also think like gender roles are becoming more fluid as time goes on and we're becoming more educated on issues of homosexuality and things like that but race still remains a very contentious issue yeah racial identity is not as fluid right right well it's i i listen i I generally think there's an over and i'm not I'm going to get shit on for this, but an over an oversensitivity to racial issues. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that there's no racism. I'm not saying save your fucking emails. I'm not saying that there is racism there. There there are you know, this whole Ferguson fucking powder keg that's getting ready to fucking explode. That's a real thing where real issues are at the heart of that. Yeah. However, I think generally people are very quick to put race at the forefront of the motivation behind whatever rather than, yeah, maybe it's just, we're fucking humans and we're, we're fucked up and we're insensitive. We, we group together. This is my group and I'm comfortable with my group. And if you're outside my group, uh, I'm, that makes me uncomfortable and you're not as good as me because you're not in my group. You know, it's very fucking very caveman. Yeah, no, it's, it's a hot button issue with a lot of emotion and a lot of, historical unrest and you know anger behind it not not just for blacks but for you know any racial identity you know somebody's been disparaged somewhere down the line and you know people take that kind of stuff seriously and hold those grudges forever whether it's in their generation or not and and i don't even begrudge i don't begrudge the grudge that's held for what happened during slavery and the subjugation of blacks and the, right. the, that that's all that's all the, the 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 lineage 
and, and the, the customs that are passed down, whether it be distrust for whites and all that, that's a lot of that's justified. And I'm not one of those that would say, get over it. Slavery was hundreds of years ago. I wouldn't do that because I, I've said many times, I'm sure I've told you, Austin, that had I lived in the 50s I, and black or gay, I would have been fucking dead because, uh-uh, fuck you. I'm not going to go through the back entrance of your diner i'm sitting right fucking here whitey and i'm gonna eat and it yeah. it would have been bad for me <laughs> <laughs> well, it hey, sounds I'm, like it <laughs> and it, it was it was bad for a lot of people a lot of blacks had that experience and a lot of blacks felt that way and i think you know that's that mentality has been passed down and it's it's almost it's been cultured yeah it, it's been ingrained in most people's minds not most people but everybody's thinking about it at some point hopefully we answered allison's question yeah or gave her some important feedback that can help her decide how she feels about it and if she disagrees i'll just give her your email address Austin, and she can take it <laughs> up with you it's because you know i i'm an authority on this kind of stuff <laughs> no listen you're our black <laughs> correspondent you speak for all black people austin i don't uh, know i didn't know if you knew that coming in but that's just the way it has to be. Wait until they, they all find out I'm just a halfie. <laughs> Listen, the most powerful man on the planet is a halfie. Is that a term, a halfie? It is now. I don't think I'm allowed to use that word. <laughs> I, that's, that's, one, that, that's my word, Jesse. That's, that's, you, the, that's not your, the, your word. Can I, can I say H word? The H word. <laughs> H word. No, now because you're just making me fucking say it in my head. <laughs> all right, Louis C.K. <laughs> All right, Austin. Listen, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, as always, I love you. I appreciate you. And you are a spectacular human being. And I'm not saying that jokingly. That's I have a lot of respect for you. So I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Yeah, I love you guys, too. Thanks for having me. I think we covered a little bit of ground there. Right. Just a little bit. Yeah. No, not, you know, we didn't cure cancer or anything. Right. And like I said, hopefully Allison is happy with that. Let us know, Allison. Let us know. After you send your submission for the things you're thankful and the things Brett number two are thankful for, after you guys do that, then let us know if that answered your question. Right? Right. <laughs> Precisely. So another bit of follow-up. Uh, Bill Cosby and the rape allegations are still... In the news. Just mounting. Yeah, one after the other. It's it's not going anywhere. It's not getting any better for this guy. You think he's going to curl up in the fetal position in the shower and have a jello pudding pop or something because he's he's clearly not having a good week. Well, he might be doing that, but we don't know because <laughs> no one has heard from him. Netflix just canceled his uh, comedy special, which he had already been paid for. It has already been filmed. It was ready to roll. And they've postponed, I think, probably permanently. And then I just found out before we hit record that um, NBC canceled the the sitcom that was in development with them. Wow. So he's, I mean, it's not like he needs money or anything, but... He's definitely experiencing what I like to refer to as consequences. That's right. You love people to have consequences. Mm -hmm. So you are very pleased with the current developments related to... Him getting his comeuppance. Well, he's innocent until proven guilty. Uh, anyway. But things aren't looking good for that. Yeah. 
So, and some people might disagree, but we'll we'll talk about some things in a minute here. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is there was an article. I'm not sure who who first brought this to bear, but they posted uh, a vid- uh, an audio clip of a stand up act that he did, like in 1969, where he said this. When I was 13, man, start talking about weird things. No, really. Stand on the corner. You know anything about Spanish fly? What? <laughs> Spanish fly. It always happens when you're 13. Only when you're 13 on up to like when you get married. Guys stand around and talk about Spanish fly. And it never starts with one of the guys on the corner. It's always some strange 13-year-old who says, You know what? You know anything about Spanish fly? No, tell me about it. Well, there's this girl, Crazy Mary. You put some in her drink, man. She... <laughs> Yeah, Spanish, oh yeah, that's really groovy, man. Spanish fly is groovy, yeah, boy. From then on, man, anytime you see a girl, what's your eyes on Spanish fly, boy? Go to a party, see five girls standing alone. Boy, if I had a whole jug of Spanish fly, I'd light that corner up over there. <laughs> so Spanish fly, just for people who don't know, is a substance that makes you... Allegedly, I think it's mythical, but well, I'm I looked it up actually, and the substance in it is called cantharidin. Cantharidin. Mm, okay. And it was first isolated by a French chemist, and it's produced by various insect species. And as it passes through the body, it irritates the genitals, resulting in increased blood flow that can mimic the engorgement that occurs with sexual excitement. I do not like that word. Engorgement. Yeah. I I like it. So he You pe- probably don't like the word turgid either, do you? No. So people <laughs> brought this comedy act to the forefront. I'm not sure why because this Spanish fly substance isn't like rohypnol. It it's not a date rape it drug. It doesn't knock you out. Here's here's the thing and I just wrote this down. I, we've listened to this clip several times. And I think this is why is the only way to administer Spanish fly via someone's drink. I think that's it. Because in both of those instances, he's like, oh, yeah, you're crazy Mary. You put it in her drink, and then she's good to go. Rather than, hey, crazy Mary, you want to bang? Here's some Spanish fly. Just take this, and it'll be good to go. It, it okay, just, that's a point that I hadn't considered. I, I didn't until just now. Yeah, I didn't consider that. So, yeah, that makes sense. It's that's like, a problem. It's like if you want to give someone ecstasy... Uh, you don't have to slip it into their drink. You're like, hey, take this pill. It's in pill form already. You don't need right. to fucking spike someone's drink with it. Right. So anyway. So he's still surreptitiously like causing something to happen to make a woman want to have sex with him. That's kind of what I, he's getting at. I guess, yeah. Because if 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 it's out of their control that they want to have sex with him, they're not truly giving consent. Right. It's like hypnotizing, even though it doesn't really, it's not, that's not a real thing. If you hypnotize someone and they act out of their control, they're not giving consent. Yeah. They're being coerced. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that happened. And initially, and I still, I don't think that that is like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a red flag. We, you know, we caught him with his his uh, red handed that oh he he loves to spike women's drinks and rape them. It's just a it's a it's a comedy act, right? So anyway, again this week another woman comes forward and levels rape accusations against Bill Cosby. This time, someone who is famous, 
Janice Dickinson, um, I guess an 80s supermodel, like one of the first supermodels. I think that she refers to herself as the world's first supermodel. Hmm. Well, whether or not she was, she was certainly famous. And she was certainly a big time model in the 80s. She has since been on um, that Tyra Banks show. America's Next Top Model. Yeah, and then also she was on Dr. Drew's Celebrity Rehab. Right, because she's a drug addict. Yes, she's an admitted drug addict. So she was on Entertainment Tonight giving her story, and I, I picked this clip specifically because I just love how fucking jackass Hollywood is, that she's on Entertainment Tonight giving an account of some terrible thing that happened to her, and they're putting ultra-dramatic weird music behind the clip. Anyway, here she is. This was just this week. Jess, there have been several women who have come out with allegations against uh, Bill Cosby. And now you have something that you wanted to tell us about an encounter that you had with Dr. Cosby. What happened? In 1982, I was on a job in Bali, in Indonesia. And he called, and the conversation was... The best of my recollection, you need to get to Lake Tahoe because I'll be performing there and I want to offer you that job we talked about as well as helping you with a singing career I hear you're trying to do. When I arrived in Lake Tahoe, Bill was performing at the venue and then after dinner, in my room, he had given me wine and a pill. The next morning I woke up and I wasn't wearing my pajamas and, and I remember before I passed out that... I had been uh, sexually assaulted by this man. You took the pill, you drank the alcohol. Red wine. Red wine, and then what happened? Before I woke up in the morning, the last, of, the last, thing, the last thing I remember was Bill Cosby uh, in a patchwork robe, dropping his robe and getting on top of me. Did you ever confront him about what you thought might have happened? No. Did he ever say anything to you about what might have happened? No. So you come forward now to talk about this again. Does it? it I'll tell you why. Yeah. I'm doing this. It's because it's the right thing to do, and it happened to me, and this is the true story. Wow. So when this first happened, and she came out and let the police... when is this horrible music going to stop? I know. What is wrong with them? <laughs> so when this first came out, I have to admit and be honest that I had uh, my reservations about whether or not she was jumping on the bandwagon because she, you know, she went on celebrity rehab. She was a pain in the ass on the show. It seemed to me that she wasn't really there for her recovery. Well, here's the thing. She's very unstable. She's yes. an, she's known as an unstable person. Yes. And it's unfortunate that when someone like her who has her history comes out and says something we all kind of think the same way i've been seeing numerous comments on links that are just terrible of people saying that she's insane and and who would believe what she has to say well one of the reasons by the way that she's so unstable is probably from maltreatment like this being raped sure and, and having it's to probably overcome not the only time right having to overcome significant traumas in her life that have caused her to self-medicate and yeah. and now all these problems sure. occur so what you were getting to, though, is that this isn't the first time she's talked about it. They're all acting like the media is acting like, well, now you're coming forward. Why don't you tell us your story? Right. Well, she has told this before. Not in this way, though. And this is what I wanted to get to. Um, we 
we did some digging, and Brittany found from 2006 this clip from her on the Howard Stern Show. Did you did you turn down uh, Bill Cosby? Bill Cosby was the only guy I couldn't write about in the book because Harper Collins was afraid of lawsuits. But what Truly. happened? He got you, so he nailed you. <clears throat> you he had was sex, married. You had sex with Bill Cosby. So you, what, you're what you, so you're, funny. You're saying that the book company won't allow you to write about certain people. Too afraid. Too afraid of that one. Wouldn't touch that one. And I don't want to get near that because uh, I don't have the shekels that you do or that Cosby does. Are you? So I, I'm, I'm afraid not, somebody's going to come I out. I don't know anything out. about this. How, how did he? The guy's come a bad out? guy. Let me just say that he's not a nice guy. He preys on women that just come out of rehab. I'll, I'll say that. That is awesome. So in 2006, eight years ago, eight years ago. She ultimately, but was afraid of the lawyers, talked about how she couldn't write it in the book because Harper Collins, her publisher, wouldn't allow her to put that in the book. She came out. That's it lends mountains of credibility to her claim. Yeah, um, I'm looking at a Facebook comment right now. Just I thought I would read it because it's uh, terrible. It's making me infuriated. It says, having dealt with Janice many times, working in Beverly Hills, she has no creda, with an A, ability. Oh, it's not done? She used to come into this Italian restaurant and claim it was her favorite restaurant, but then she would scan the menu like it was the Torah or the first time and claim there was nothing she could eat, then make up some dish she wanted. My model friends laughed and said they hated her BS stories that changed every time she told them. Oh, so she acted like she liked the restaurant, which means that she loses all credibility in the future? Like, what is wrong with these people? These are the kind of comments I'm seeing over and over and over again. That's a Hollywood piece of shit, though. That's that's your typical name-dropping. That's the kind of person that when we sit next to in a restaurant in L.A., I want to reach across and smash their head into the ground. When they're, oh, yeah, my model friends and uh, name drop, name drop, name drop. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. So and, but but your 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 greater point is certainly well taken that even if all those things that they just said in that Facebook comment were true, it it takes nothing away from her claim, her multiple claim that Bill Cosby raped her right and so before i found this i was also like oh janice dickinson anyway but now i hear this and i mean that gives her credibility she's been talking about this before it was a thing to talk about right also i'm not look i'm not saying bill cosby is a rapist i'm not saying that but i'm saying if you put the 13 to 16 accusers on one side and you put Bill Cosby on the other, I'm taking the side of the 16 women. And Brittany and I were talking about this earlier today. If 16 women have been brave enough to come forward, how many women don't have the courage to come forward? Right. How many are there? 20? 25? 100? It's it's a, it's a scary, daunting thought. And then here's the other thing, because I'm going to get off this topic. The media is dealing with these interviews with these different women very strangely. Some are very respectful, and there's clearly reverence and and, um, gravitas given to the clearly serious nature of the, the issue. Like, despite the stupid music in the Entertainment Tonight clip, that guy was respectful. 
This happened on CNN, which has what respect I had for him, which was a lot, quickly, quickly evaporated. Don Lemon was interviewing the first woman who came out who actually, I think her case was settled out of court. And this little exchange happened. Can I ask you this? Because mm-hmm. we, and, and, mm-hmm. and please, I don't, I don't mean to be crude, okay? Yeah. Because I know some of you, and you said this last night, that he, you lied to him and said, I have an infection. Mm-hmm. And if you rape me, or if you do, if you have intercourse mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. me, then you will probably get it and give it to your wife. Right. And you said he, would, he made you perform oral sex. Right. You, you know, there are ways not to perform oral sex if you oh, want to do it. Um, I was kind of stoned at the time, mm-hmm. and quite honestly, that didn't even enter my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I wish it would have. Right. But... Meaning the using of the teeth, mm-hmm. right? Yes, to, that's what I'm as thinking. Weapon, you're, yeah, I didn't even think of it. Biting. So, um, Ouch. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I had to ask. I mean, yes, I, no, I didn't, it didn't, yeah. didn't cross my mind. Didn't have to ask. You know what? That's also just disgusting. I I don't understand. First of all, it's such a huge violation. Anytime I think of rape, I'm like disgusted and just recoil and horror because it's so terrible to think about. Yeah. And I cannot imagine saying that to someone like what? What are you talking about, Don Lemon? I, I don't know why in my head I feel like he should be more responsible or sensitive to the issue because he's gay. I don't know why, but and that might be wrong. That might be insensitive of me. But what the fuck was he thinking? That's it, to me. It's akin to saying, "So that night when when you you tried to get out of it and you tried to make up a story and say that you had an infection that if he raped you or if he had sex with you he was going to bring it back to his to his wife." Um, what were you wearing? Were you were you dressed really sexily? Were you were you asking for it? Did you lead him on? It's that same bullshit that we hear all the time, that from the slut shaming crowd and sh- and shit like that, the the rape culture crowd. It's but you don't expect it from someone like Don Lemon. I also just it would be so traumatic as well to bite someone's penis while they're forcing oral sex on you. Like that's another trauma in and of itself, having to do that, and then the fluids. And well, it's also, you know what I mean? Like, sure. what, what is he what is he saying? It, well, he's not making any sense. He's not putting him. There's no empathy there to, to, when he, he exhibited zero empathy when asking that question, because he's not putting his, his himself in the place of her that it's a man of power. She's she's a little lady. She and at the time, I'm sure she was, uh, you know, smaller because she was a young, a young girl. Right. It's it's a person of of of. of Social influence. He's he's a formidable figure uh, physically compared to her. It's not it's the same. And he's drugged her and she's high. Get the fuck out of here, Don Lemon. Terrible. He he, he needs to apologize. Um, in fact, I I would I would not be surprised if the network forced his hand and made him made him apologize. Right. So anyway, uh, what say you, everybody? Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. That is the number. Less than three minute voicemail. Like I said, you can record yourself on your smartphone and email it to I doubt it at dollamore.com. So in more international news, um, there's a woman in Virginia who has been arrested or charged by the FBI 
for lying to federal officials and I think material support for a terrorist organization. Her name, oddly enough, isn't is is was surprising to me because it's not a uh, a Middle Eastern name. Her last name is Kaufman, and going back to CNN, uh, they did a little bit of a package on it. We'll let you hear it. This is a woman who allegedly uh, talked her sister into jihad and following ISIS. She's 29-year-old Heather Kaufman. She is accused of working as an ISIS recruiter, someone who could help others get to Syria and join the bloodthirsty terror group. Well, according to an FBI criminal complaint, she tried to recruit two people, including an undercover FBI agent. In the first case, a man she claimed to be her husband, but whom she had never met, well, she allegedly set him up with brothers who, uh, who could get him contacts and get him into Turkey. The man ultimately changed his mind. He stayed in Macedonia instead, and that really seemed to annoy her. But in all of this, the initial red flags were that Kaufman was very active on Facebook. She created about a half dozen accounts. In each, it appears that she was becoming more and more radicalized. FBI agents were able to get a search warrant for the Facebook accounts and found a history of ISIS writings listing her work as jihad for Allah's sake, posting images of the black ISIS flags, as well as uh, promoting uh, Allah and the fight. Now, an undercover agent met with Kaufman several times expressing his interest in jihad and she said that she could find somebody who was a legitimate facilitator to get him to Syria. At least one of the meetings was recorded with Kaufman creating a code and language allegedly in order to avoid detection. When confronted at her office by FBI agents, she denied the activity. She was charged with lying and also providing material support to terrorists. So they actually have um, a link between this woman and ISIS. She was actually communicating with them? She was She was communicating about them. She was communicating about them. But what really concerned them is as they went into the Facebook account, they began to look at the things she was saying, and also she began to fancy herself a recruiter. That's the problem part. Um, it's a little convoluted until that point, that if she is trying to recruit members for ISIL, to go over there and fight with a terrorist, a brutal fucking terrorist organization, that's a problem. If she just has a few Facebook accounts and is praising ISIL, that's there's nothing against the law about that. There's there's no law against being an asshole or an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So she's uh, she she took it to the next step, and I think that probably this is my layman just thinking about it, everyday man on the street kind of opinion. I think that they probably arrested her on the line to federal officials as as a way to get their foot in the door and get her in custody, and then they're going to break her through right through interview. I, I was going to say interrogation, but uh, that's too harsh a term. Is it? I don't know. People don't like it. Pussies. Anyway, so... That is going on. That's that's a big deal, and they ha I haven't seen one single picture of her yet, so I don't know if this is blonde hair, blue eyed, white girl, which I think would be even more problematic relative to the the hearts and minds issue. That it's going to make it a lot tougher on law enforcement if people who look like me start getting into the movement, right? And that's that's problematic. So this is a story we've sat on for a while. Uh, we've wanted to talk about it, but I just didn't know. We've talked about this guy before. Anyway, we'll just get into it. Colorado, over this last election, elected a guy, a terrible, terrible human being, and they elected him to their state house of representatives. District 15, 
specifically, which covers Colorado Springs. I don't know if the air up there is just really fucking thin or what, but I tell you what, I put a little bit, I put a little package together, a little mashup of Gordon Klingenschmidt. Wow. The disgraced Navy chaplain who was court-martialed. It's a name right there. And this is the guy who Colorado just elected, legally duly elected by the citizenry of his district in Colorado. If, if the atheist complainer is so uncomfortable when they walk into a church that there's something inside of them squirming and making them feel these feelings of hatred toward the cross of Jesus Christ, don't you think it's something inside of the atheist complainer that's wrong? I have a solution. Let's do an exorcism and cast the devil out of them and then they'll feel comfortable when they walk into church. That marriage is between one man and one woman. And yet now you have these tyrannical judges, demonic judges, who are imposing the devil's law upon the people. And if your heart is full of corruption or sin or immorality, in this case, homosexuality, then you should be discriminated against. We have talked on this show many times about the Bible and what, uh, how the Bible defines spiritual discernment and the ability to see invisible angels or demons or the Holy Spirit influencing human morality. And so this man is not only violating the law, but failing to protect your children. And so there's perhaps a demonic spirit of tyranny or immorality inside of him. He may be a lawyer, he may be a polished man, he may be very intelligent, obviously very successful with his political career. And yet the demonic spirit influences him to abuse and dare I say molest and visually rape your children. I want to put up there again this picture of this gay couple, these two men, holding up a baby. And I want, to, I want you to notice that one of them one of the men uh, almost has his tongue hanging out like he's licking his chops. Like, this baby is ours now. And and that's fine. You may I call mean, that love. Pirates. But it looks to me a little bit like lust. And when they crave to bring the children of heterosexual couples through adoption into their home so that they can raise them in the homosexual lifestyle. And studies now show that up to 20% of kids raised by gay couples become gay themselves. It is a recruiting tool. So for one of them to suddenly start dressing like a girl, it's not just a choice, but it's a demonic spirit. It's easy to say that one of those two boys is possessed by a demon. And the parents are encouraging that. And really what the, what the parents ought to do is take that boy to an exorcist, take that boy to a minister, to a, an, or at least discipline the boy, maybe give him a spanking. Maybe dress him like a boy, even if he complains and whines and says, I don't want to wear boys clothes. Too bad, son, you're a boy, you got to man up. That boy deserves some tough love and he never got it at home. And if we Christians don't participate in their sodomy, then we can be sued, bankrupted, and jailed. 
Mr. Obama, you're not a healing Jesus. You cause cancer with your bad policies. I, uh, in fact, heard about cases when people repented of pornography and they were healed of liver cancer. Unbelievable, right? It's pretty insane and sad. He is now a member <laughs> of the government, the official legal government in Colorado. So did the people that voted for him ever hear him talk? Or... I, I have no idea. They just like the sound of his really cool name? Apparently, listen, I didn't even know he was running for Congress or for, for the state legislature. Otherwise, we would have been doing this all the time, and I would have been making YouTube videos and getting them out there because th this is outrageous. Right. Well, we can't keep track of all the states and everything that's going on in all the states. So don't blame this on us. I don't I don't know why I feel like I've like I fucked up, like I, I should have been on top of this or something, because anybody, any reasonable person who listens, listen, even if you believe that there is a such thing as the spirit of tyranny and the spirit of gluttony and the the spirit of whatever, and you believe that there's principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places, as the Bible talks about, even if you really believe those things, you don't believe that gays need to be discriminated against. That, that's, that's an outlier opinion. That's not a normal, run-of-the-mill Christian opinion. He's a whack job who was court-martialed in the Navy... Why don't to, you explain what that means? Well, it's it's a trial. He was convicted of a crime, in, a, a crime under military law, mm -hmm. and convicted. Do we know what that is? Found guilty. Um, yeah, not following a legal, a legal a lawful order is what hmm. it's called, a lawful order. So, he was a chaplain in the military. Prior to that, he served in the Air Force, and he was just a, a ten-year officer. But he got out as a, a lieutenant which is an O3, like the third rank up in the officer ranks. Uh, he's, he's a dangerous, his ideology is dangerous, and I would have said a month ago, I would have said it's, he's not a problem because he's fringe and he's a whack job. But the fact that he has now been elected is very problematic. It really, it makes me wonder, you know, he, he, went, to, he went to Regent University, the former name of Regent University, for those of you who don't know, was Christian Broadcasting Network University. It's the chancellor of Regent University is Pat Robertson. So it should give you some idea of what kind of education he got. And he has a PhD. Ugh. Anyway, I'm just beside myself. It bothers me. It bothers me a lot. I'd like I wish I knew someone who lived in Colorado Springs so I could get the 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 the, the rundown of what the fuck's going on over there. Well, maybe he's evolved and he has become more normal uh, since saying those things. No, th these things are all relatively recent. Hmm. Yeah, these aren't from years and years and years ago. These are all pretty recent. So anyway, sorry, Colorado, that I didn't put that mashup together earlier or at least blast him on the show every other episode for several months in other nutty state news there is an initiative in mississippi called the magnolia state heritage campaign 
that has just been signed off on by the Mississippi Secretary of State. In it, there are certain provisions that are going to be put into place if this thing gets voted on. And um, it's, it's, again, very problematic. And it's not like we need to do any anything to make Mississippi look worse, but ugh, goddamn. So the ballot summary says initiative number 46 would amend the Constitution to restrict or define Mississippi's heritage in the following areas. Religion, official language, state flag. You see where this is going. Right. So the first point says the state of Mississippi hereby acknowledges the fact of her identity as a principally Christian and quintessentially Southern state in terms of the majority of her population, character, culture, history and heritage from 1817 to the present. Accordingly, the Holy Bible is acknowledged as a foremost source of her founding principles, inspiration and virtues. And accordingly, prayer is acknowledged as a respected, meaningful, and valuable custom to her citizens. The acknowledgments hereby secured shall not be construed to transgress either the national or the state constitution's Bill of Rights. Yeah, too fucking late. If this gets put into the Mississippi state constitution, it flies in the face of our federal constitution. Right. It's it's ridiculous. Anyway, go ahead. The second point says English shall be the official language of the state of Mississippi. I, I don't have as much problem with that. I don't think it's necessary. I don't. I think it'd be a waste of money to make uh, English the national language of the United States. I don't. It's, a, it's more of a pain in the ass. But I don't have as much of a problem with that. The third point. The state flag of Mississippi shall be the state flag adopted in 1894, which has been in continuous use since 1894, and which was confirmed by statewide vote in 2001. The state flag of Mississippi shall be displayed in front of all public buildings, including but not limited to all state, county, and municipal buildings, and any school receiving state funding. Wherever the national flag is displayed on public land or in public buildings, a state flag of equal size shall also be displayed. In Mississippi's public schools and other public institutions, whenever the Pledge of Allegiance to the national flag is recited, the state flag salute shall be recited immediately thereafter. The state flag salute shall be, quote, I salute the flag of Mississippi and the sovereign state for which it stands with pride in her history and achievements and with confidence in her future under the guidance of Almighty God. And then for those of you who don't know, you should go Google what the Mississippi state flag looks like. Imagine France's flag, but up in the corner, like where the stars are in the American flag, it's the Confederate flag. That's what it is. It's not like the Confederate flag is kind of incorporated in. It's it's pretty much the Confederate flag up in the corner, the size and the dimensions of what the st- the stars would be on the American flag. It's to me the Confederate flag is a symbol of treason. They were traitors to the United States of America and to celebrate that is to celebrate treason. They right. were fucking traitors. So well, it's also synonymous with racism. Right. And then the other thing, we're not going to belabor this, but if you're in Mississippi, uh, something needs to be done here. This is out of control. Um, the other thing would be in the Constitution that the state mascot is Colonel Reb, like rebel. Right. So it, this whole putting this pride of of uh, the 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 southern 
the, the Southern position during the Civil War is very odd to me. And in case you were wondering, 2,511 people like this on Facebook. Only that much, though. That's good. Yeah. But this is also very, this is brand new. So it's less than a month old. So let's move on to some awesome data points. Not about this, but about something that you, you we, we've been talking about the last couple of days. Uh, some research, a study was done talking about Americans and their particular perceptions of facts. Right. There were other countries in there, Sweden, Germany, Japan, Spain, Great Britain, Australia. But we're going to focus on the United States. Because they're pretty wacky. And this was assessing the perceptions of certain demographic, social demographic information within the country. Huh. And versus fact. So what the perceptions were versus facts. And it was assessing how well people were able to determine what was factual and what was not. And out of the 14 countries that were surveyed, the United States is in 13th place. Wow. Which means they are second to last in accuracy. <laughs> so here's a few of the things that... What the that, fuck is wrong with people? Here's a few of the things that they got wrong. Unemployment. Americans overestimate that nearly 32.1% of the working age population is unemployed, when the actual <laughs> figure is much lower at 6%. I think it's a little higher than 6%, but... Um... It's certainly not 30. I don't think that it was 30% even during the height of the Great Depression. Right. Well, I think this is primarily due to the media and what the Americans surveyed in this this poll, what kind of media they pay attention to. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that you're gearing up to say that it's probably Fox News. Well, yeah. Cons Conservative-leaning yeah. media is going to say... Unemployment is terrible, and when in reality, it's it's never above 10%. I just looked it up. Sorry. Um, I just looked it up, and the unemployment rate at its height was 25%, and that's 1933. So another thing that they are wrong about, Americans, in this survey, are Christians. In contrast, Americans underestimate the proportion of Christians... They think that just over half, 55.7% of the country identify themselves as Christian when the <laughs> actual figure is 78%. Oh, it's only 78. Right. But See, they're the majority by a lot. So I, I would be wrong then because I thought that it, it set, settled right in around 86%. That's the number I had in my head. So I was wrong on the other side. You would have been closer. Yeah, yeah. Though. So that's positive. I, I wouldn't have won on prices right because I would have gone over. I also think this is symptomatic of what people hear in the media. We always hear about the war on Christmas. And, oh, yeah. The war against Christians. Right. Yeah. And so they underestimate how many Christians there are in the country. Listen, if, if a congressman runs for office and he gets 78% of the vote, that's a fucking landslide. Right. That just tells you how many Christians compared to everybody else that there are. Right. So another one that's probably due to the media, Muslims. Americans hugely overestimate the proportion of Muslims in the United States. They believe that one in seven, 15 percent of people are Muslims when the actual figure is one percent. Yeah. You know, the people do the same thing with Jews. 
they think that Jews are like 15% of the world's religious population. And I think Jews make up 0.2% or something very, very low. It's like Jews are an endangered species where it relates to religion. Right. <laughs> Another interesting one is the murder rate. Americans are wrong about the murder rate, with 51% say that it is rising, and that is incorrect. I just read something, I think yesterday, that since 1994, uh, violent crime has dramatically decreased. Yeah, Steven Pinker is a prominent... I don't know what his job title is, but he statistician. He's or? he's written. I think he's a cognitive psychologist. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not sure though, but he has written books about the decline in violence. Oh, did he write uh, the Angels of Our Better Nature? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 He is a psychologist. Right. He's a he's a uh, Michael Shermer buddy. Right. So. In other countries as well, though, people tend to overestimate the proportion of Muslims. They also tend to underestimate the proportion of Christians. And they tend to overestimate unemployment as well. So apparently we are relatively on par. It's just that we are way overboard when it comes to our inaccuracies. I wonder if they felt good about the country and like if there was a Republican in office and things were going well if they would have different opinions. But because Obama is in the shitter right now, and he is not popular by any stretch, by anyone, <laughs> he's not popular, um, I wonder if that has some some play there. Right, it might, because the country that got the most accurate perceptions versus realities was Sweden. Yeah, yeah I was going to say somewhere in Scandinavia. And then Germany was number two, and Japan was number three. Other than the wild tax rates and the socialist bullshit that goes on over there, uh, they have their shit together. And maybe it's because of the socialist bullshit that goes on over there. <laughs> Don't tell me that twice. Yeah, I know. So, now yeah, that's interesting. Wow, that flew by. That's uh, We're done. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Back to the homework. I can go everybody. back to working. <laughs> I love working endlessly. Listen, we appreciate you listening. As always, I always say it, but it never gets any less true. Stop by the dollamore.com. There's a support the show link at the top top of the page. If you are going to purchase something on Amazon and you're going to spend your money anyway, why not spend it with dollamore.com and the Amazon link? If you're going to buy a book... Or if you're going to get a head start, if you live in upstate New York and you're being inundated by one year's worth of snow overnight, they have some great deals on coats. I know because I just got an email from them saying, hey, talk about coats. <laughs> so I'm wondering if I should drop a little bit of breaking news right now. Yeah. Um, wife of actor Lou Ferrigno says that she was also raped by Bill Cosby. Wow. Are you kidding me? She has come out and said that she was raped by Bill Cosby, wife of Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno's still alive. Yes. That's not a guy you want to have on your bad side. Yeah. Wow. Or you don't want to be on his bad side. Yeah, he's a little bit scary. Yeah, breaking news, everybody. Look at that. It won't be breaking news by the time this gets posted tonight. But anyway, like I said, uh, Amazon, not to skip away from the rape allegation but also s on our show what what are you doing i don't know i got nothing anyway thanks for listening everybody we really appreciate you listen get that thanksgiving uh thanks 
thing, the recording, the phone call or whatever you're going to do, do it. Don't think everybody else is doing it because we haven't gotten that many submissions, not nearly enough to get something done of any quality. So please, if you listen to the show, do something. If you're going to participate any time, this would be the time. You don't have to leave your name. Just 657-464-7609. If you're out of the country or don't want to fumble with your phone calling, record your voice and email it to idoubtedatdollamore.com. Like I said, we love you. We thank you for spending time with us twice a week. It's very much appreciated. Don't forget to be genuine and be kind to one another. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Well, yeah, but that, you're, you're good at talking about nothing, Jesse. Oh, wow. That is so true.